Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to the second episode of Inside the Locker Room. I am your co-host, Brian Mosalem, alongside my favorite, my co-host, the Honorable Jason Strayhorn, how are you? Doing fantastic. How are you doing today, Brian? I am fantastic. Looking good, man, with that shirt. Nice that, t-shirt. You know, just got a little, <laughs> you know, uh, just. You want to show the people the body. Okay. I, yeah, your just, body's your I, business. I uh, ran out of my suit coat. That's this is the all. era that we're in right it's now. It's my sun shirt. It's my sun shirt. That's all. Little, sun shirt. It's a little tight. It is you know? summer. It is. It yeah. is. How's your summer been? Good? It's been fantastic. Yeah. Busy. Busy. Just like all of us, right? That's the way it is after being locked down for so long. You know, now it's all this pent up uh, demand for everything to get out, do things, you know, meet people. Yeah. Try to try to have some business, well, elections, all kinds of things. Oh, yeah. Today, elections all over the place. <laughs> Primary Tuesday today. Wow. That's what we should talk about today. Trump, yeah, just, Trump vaccines, elections, mask, masks, abortions. It, yes. Talk about that. All right. Let's talk about it. Let, uh, we, we can do it. We can. Yeah. We'll lose every viewer we, we probably got on here. This is not a political show. <laughs> this is not. Hey, t- you know, before we get into uh, a little bit of the Pistons draft, you yeah. had a hell of a weekend here. On, uh, oh, man. Tell us yeah. about your uh, interesting, very interesting, I read about today in the free press about your little trip this weekend, please. Yeah, I knew it, it made it to the free press. But, yeah, just had, had a great uh, time this weekend uh, with – some would call a red letter day for myself it was just great it was one of those like bucket list type of things and uh, i was able to uh, catch a ride with some friends down to uh tuscaloosa alabama tuscaloosa yeah who'd yeah. you go see down there yeah i went to see my old ball coach our old ball coach oh wow yeah saw saint nick and uh Man, it, it was fantastic, you know, to be able to see him again and just, you know, for a minute, I was wondering if he knew my name. Did he smile? No, not much. Not the beginning. <laughs> you know, he's you know, moving slow. He's in this evaluation mood. And he, mo- and, and he uh, went out and was looking at a kicker, you know, by himself. This kicker is trying out. Watching film, looking at a no, kicker. No, no, no. Literally. Oh, out there, physically out, the- out there. I mean, it was, you know, 100 <laughs> degrees, you know, 180% humidity in Tuscaloosa. And there's a kid out there, you know, just like. Two guys helping, you know, you know, place the ball and sh- you know go, go. And Nick's watching them one on one. Nick comes out on that balcony. Oh boy! Oh my goodness! Oh boy! I felt so bad for that kid, oh, man. I would have been afraid for him. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Oh man! But you know, hey, you know. So it, was it, he in his face yelling, screaming like no, he used to, or no, just it's all no, 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 not at all. No, Nick was on up, up in his, you know, coming out of his office on the balcony, looking over this huge field. And, you know, did the kids see him? Uh, I could, it's the only other human <laughs> beings around. <laughs> he, he looks up and sees old. Oh, it looks boy. just like the statue looking at you. Shank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Shank you a lot. Uh, no, did he? <laughs> oh, did yeah. Oh. <laughs> Shank. Poor I mean, kid. but hey, you know, it takes a lot of guts to do that. So, but anyway, but, but meeting with uh, Coach was great, man. Uh, you know, we had lunch, and he brings out this big old thing of Little Debbie's. You know, he, he, eats loves, little, little he loves little Debbie's. Yeah, I mean, yeah. since we were, I haven't I had that. one in you know eighteen years, but he yeah, loves look, them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to talk about the diet. Look at, yeah, look at Brian. Look I, at Brian's biceps, everyone. I, <laughs> but I think Coach Coach Saban's in great shape. He looks better now. We I, talked about. Yeah, it. he went. Yeah, he's going backwards. I mean, he looks great. Yeah. He's, he's going to be seventy this year. I mean, hey, I mean, he's in great shape. Little Debbie's coffee, Coca-Cola, you know, hey. Loves his Coke. Must, I don't know, him and Warren Buffett. I, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> so, <laughs> but, so he gets into, you know, so uh, Jason, you know, tell me about your son. Just out of the blue. That's the first time he actually addressed me. 
was to talk about my son. Not hi. How are you? How, <laughs> how you been the last thirty years? How's your family? How many kids do you have? He's just focused, man. I mean, that's that's how driven he is. I mean, you see the detail in the coaches' meeting rooms, like all, all these depth charts and recruiting charts and books. Everything's filed. I mean, it's almost OCD like twenty eights. You got the sixth graders up there on the board? <laughs> the sixth graders on the board. <laughs> this kid's a priority. <laughs> he knows it all. Well, I mean, your son ain't far off. God bless him. God oh, bless him. Yeah, thank so he you. goes, how, he asks you, how's your son? Yeah, he asked me about him and, you know, more details on him because he's been getting feedback. He's heard about the, uh, the offers that have come. Now, Mel Tucker was the first. For my son, who who's entering uh, his freshman year at Catholic Central. So he's, you know, this is early for that. And, and this is one thing that Coach Saban said. It's the same thing that I've been telling my son. The offers don't mean, you know what, nothing. But Coach used the, the other word, the other kind of language. He said it's he said all. anything. They don't mean anything. Yeah, yeah he spoke proper English. Yeah, so there you anything. go. He, they don't mean anything. Not, they don't mean nothing. Uh, right. No, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know Nick Saban the way I do. He didn't speak in proper yeah, English. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I can guess what he but said. He said, you know, you have to be where your feet are at. And that's his way of saying you need, you need to be in the moment, in the present time, be the best teammate, be the best, you know, uh, student, the best Caden he can be. Yeah, with that hand gesture. Did he like keep going he, like that the whole time? You know, and that's what you got to do. And that, I tell kids all the time, you know, he's he's going on and on. But – uh, it was great to hear that from him because that's reaffirmment for myself. Like, hold hey, on, know. though, but you, you did, did you not get your son on the phone? <clears throat> well, you had to. I mean, you, uh, I mean, you got Nick Saban there. You got Nick Saban there, and uh, he he wanted to talk. So hey, you know, you know, it, it works out where you know he talked to Caden and uh, you know he told him those same things. So he, it, but there's steps he has to do. Now I know everybody wants to talk about offers and everything else. I say, you know, but yeah, but but that's pretty cool. Though. It he is Facetimed cool. your son. He did, and, and that's that's that is. I mean, it's cool. You know, that's something that I would never have expected wow. of him. You know, I was just glad to even go look at the field and like a fan, man. I, I'm truly a fan of Nick Saban, um, of of what he has been able to do and and it being able to play and, and then ultimately being a team captain and spend a lot of time with him is an honor for myself and something that I, I cherish all my life. So, you know, it was it was really cool moment for me and, and uh for Caden as well. So he offered he offered Caden on, on the FaceTime? Yeah, you know, but you know, Caden better you know, he better keep on stepping. Yeah. Every right? day. Every day. You better reach higher. You, you get hey <laughs> Nick don't have a problem going cold on you. I mean he's all about the bottom if line. If I'm in eighth grade and I got an offer from Nick Saban, I've arrived. So it's you're, over. Done, you're done. I'm done. You're not, you know, yeah. I'm not playing another down again. But that's, that's why he doesn't do it much. I'm signing my first NIL deal in mm-hmm. ninth grade. Mm-hmm. It's over. <laughs> in that's ninth it. grade, that's it. Yeah. We're done. <laughs> I won't play it. I'll save my body for college. <laughs> Forego high school, which we're seeing some of that. We are going high school already. We, we are. Jeez, but you know, <laughs> senior year, it's not that bad. But it was great. The facilities, phenomenal. Did he apologize? It, Apologize to I, you about you. Yeah, like did you tell him, hey, I'm he yelled at me twenty five thirty years ago and I wanted an apology? Yeah, no, I didn't get didn't did, get to that one. No. Get, no. No, I didn't have time. Did you ask him to come on the podcast? <laughs> no, I didn't we ask gotta him. Get, we gotta, we, we gotta, gotta, we're gonna have to I'm gonna reach be like, out. I'm gonna be like Oprah. <laughs> Barbara Walters. We're gonna bring Nick Saban on. Hey coach, just have a seat. Just lay down for a second <laughs> and uh let's talk. Let's go, let's take it way back. <laughs> 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 so that must have been great. It must have been quite an experience for your son, though. Oh, yeah, it's experience for him. That was fast, you know. After that, he's, you know, off with his friends. And but uh, it was it was great for me. Uh, George, my broadcast partner uh, with the you know Fox Sports and Michigan State football, uh, was <laughs> was there as well. So it was great for us to just walk around. Our old coach Charlie Baggett. We picked up in Atlanta on oh, the way. I tell you, you got some legends. You got some olds. You know, bringing back hey. some old school names there. Yeah, quarterback at Michigan State. You yeah. know, back in the mid seventies. Yeah, and uh, a long time coach for Michigan State and and college and pro. I mean, pro coach. So he's retired now, living in a big old house down in Atlanta. So, so, so. like, what changed about Nick? Anything? Anything? He, he, you know, 
Was it the exact same? You know, the thing that changed that, that kind of broke my heart, that I don't know if you know because you, your back was always hurting, but he, they don't do no more run tests, man. Times have changed. They don't run. That used to be the very thing that kept us up at night before 16, camp. 16 110s, was it? Yeah, a mile and a half test one year. Then one oh. year they had to do that and the Springfield test, which is like 20 40s that better be over an average of 87% of your fastest 40 that they test oh. when you're fresh. And it, it's like, it, guys are, I mean, they line up those trash cans around the field back then. So do you, do you still get the shakes in August like I do? I, I get, I get. Oh, Camps yeah. around the corner. I love it. I love still, it. Still do. You start buzzing, man. <laughs> you do. Yeah, so, this so, is that time of year. So you left Knicks and Coach Tucker had a hell of a day. From there, you yeah, went where? You the had a same hell of a, yeah, night. Hell of a day. Yeah, go back, you know, and we, we get back into uh, East Lansing. And Mel Tucker's having all the players, all the boys over, the former players over to his house. Now, I've been around football a long time, just like you. When's the last time you – like – You've heard of a coach allowing people, just a few people to his house, let alone an open invite. 125. But he put it out there for the entire former player nation. And 125 showed up and, you know, had a phenomenal time, man. It was beautiful. It was like, guys, it was very well balanced as far as era guys from different eras. You know, obviously the older guys were, it was fewer, but it it wasn't like too heavy in one area. I mean, everybody's laughing, hugging, having a great time. And you know what they all were saying? Where, where's Brian? Where in the heck I, is Brian? I, I had a prior commitment. I mean, how can I you I would miss love that? to have come. I know. You I can't. would love to. Oh. But, you know, it's, there are certain times where family comes first. This, this and, is true. And I, would, I wouldn't have missed that event. There's only two reasons I will miss that event, and those are my two kids. That's and uh, but I wish I was there. It looked great. The pictures yeah, looked great. It looked yeah. like it was a lot of fun. And it was fun. And, it was and great. All the, I saw all the boys there. It would have been great to get. Yeah, what, <laughs> what were all the conversations? The, what, what were they talking the, about NIL? What were they? Did they? Oh, did they man. Was that the topic of conversation with everybody? You know, no. It was. Everybody was just so happy to see one another. It was a lot of hugging and smiling and taking selfies. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was. Everybody's like, I mean, just like, man, it's been so long. It's like you've seen your, your long-lost friend. You ever seen, you've seen somebody that you haven't seen in a long time, and you run up to them and hug them in the airport or wherever you see them? Imagine having 124 people like that. Hugs all night. All night. All night. That's that, what it was like. That's awesome. And that's why, you know, when you see what, how this pays dividends down the road when you have these guys go back to their respective cities, and they talking. Well, you played at Michigan. Oh, let me tell you. Yeah, did I play at Michigan State? I know the coach. I've been to his house. You got a son or daughter or whomever to play in there. This is the place that you want to send your son or daughter because the culture there is unbelievable. You know, that's genuine. You can't you can't fake that. You can't act like a cool guy during the recruiting process and then be who most of these coaches are after you sign on that dotted line. This is a genuine relational man, and I think that you know it's something that Coach uh, Izzo has been doing yeah, in the basketball Coach, program. Yep, he brings and all his former You see players the success that program has. Sure, sure. That's that's uh, you know I'll tell you, Coach. Coach gets it. Yes, you he know, does. and he gets nil. You know, and I know we touched on it last week, and I, I just got you know was thinking about the uh, name, image, and likeness, yeah. and you know, and and where this thing is headed. Uh, and this, you're seeing endorsement deals being signed by high school players and oh, foregoing senior years. And you're seeing, uh, you know, from all walks, all different sports. I mean, gymnasts and volleyball players and stuff. So my question is, is, you know, thinking about it now, are we treating it like a professional sport? Is yes. It, uh, so It so, is. It is. So, this is not. This is. This is so so <laughs> hold on, hold on. Good. So we're going to be able to. Can we cut kids now? Yes. That you, will happen. You think a scholarship athlete kid now, because of NIL, no. n- now will get cut? I think because of the portal. The portal. And NIL. It's a combination. The portal already was ha- – it's already happening. You know, you don't have to cut a guy to run a guy off. You've been in business before. You don't have to fire people sometimes, right? Sometimes we just run people off. Make it difficult for them. Ru- ru- now, running people off is another thing. <laughs> we all seen it. We all been there. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. But it's another thing to say, hey, you're not living up to your end of the bargain, 
and uh, go find, uh, uh, go play somewhere else. Uh, yeah. Is that going to happen? It, it, it happens, Brian. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's been happening before NIL. <laughs> NIL just makes the guy, I mean, at least he's got a chance to go make some money somewhere else. Now it's, you know, what, I got to leave here and go what, to where? Where am I going? You know, very few guys get a chance to, to move up. It's that. But that's going to happen because you're going to have guys, you know, you, sometimes the, the Nick Sabans and everybody like that of the world, they may miss, right? They may miss on a guy like they pass on him. But he goes to UCLA. Justin and, Fields <laughs> from Georgia to Ohio State. Joe Burrow over to LSU. Yeah. Um, so it's amazing how guys. Yeah. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Miss and uh, other teams hit. They, so the fit, it's very, very possible that it happens. But my question, and you've answered it, uh, is that you believe that you're going to begin to see college players like get cut, openly cut. <laughs> it's one thing to, to talk about it privately, and it's mm. another thing to openly cut players where other coaches now use that to recruit against you. No, 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 no. It's all going to be done in the name of, hey, let me help you move down the road here. Let me. It's not just going to be you're on the street now. Now, that's, 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 that's true professional sports. These are young people that we're talking about here. They're, they're newly adults as far as society views them but they're not ready just to be thrown on the street. So, yeah, the institution has to give them a soft landing spot. I mean, these guys got to continue to recruit. Those kind of stories, you're, you're, you're dead in the water. You do that. You can't do that. Mm. No, 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 no. So I, I think we're just saying that, you know, they will have a sit-down conversation and, hey, look, we need to find a better place for you because you're not going to play here. It's going to be very interesting to see how it all shakes out, you know? Yeah. Switching topics, though. Moving over to the NBA draft. And uh, the Detroit Pistons selected Kate Cunningham with the number one pick overall. Yep. First of all, before the draft, have you ever heard of Kate Cunningham? Absolutely not. Okay, at least you're honest. All right. but That's just me. I'm, you know, I didn't watch... But I'm, I'm, so State, I'm man. watching him, and I, you know, I'm not <laughs> NBA draft. For it's in July, summertime. It doesn't get the hype the NFL does. But you know, he puts the buffs on. Uh, <laughs> he, that's that's what made him cool. I'm man. telling you, he puts those on. He right away he reaches out to Chuck Daly, I believe his daughter, and asks to wear number two. Yeah. Um, like he's he's embraced the city. The way he's embraced the city in week one, uh, he, he's he's understanding Detroiters and having respect for this town and tradition. I think he's off to a hell of a start. Oh, for it, sure. You know, is he a, a once-in-a-generation type player? I, I don't know. I don't know that. But, you know, they drafted Isaiah Livers. They took uh, Lou Garza, who gave us fits at Michigan oh, State. Oh, right? And Iowa. Iowa. They've had, they, they just uh, they got, they've had two uh, players that were on the all-rookie team, Bay and Stewart. Uh, they had their other, uh, what do you call it, uh, who was injured? One there was it. Uh, Killian Hayes was out uh, all year, injured. Yeah. Um, and then you, you know, so they're putting together a good nucleus here. Uh, yeah. I'll young. tell you what, that Dwayne Casey has done a. I mean, he's done a. And Troy and, 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 and Troy Weaver. Yeah, he's done a hell well, of a job. I mean, him drafting, man. Look, look, the yeah, look at this. This, this is cool right there. That's Motown. He gets it. You know, twenty twenty one. He gets it. I'm telling you. He's got swag. He does. Then you swag. need that and confidence. That that's a mature man. That guy's what nineteen. He He's does. mature, man. You hear him on, on his interviews, and he's got a daughter. You know, he doesn't shy away from that, saying it's not an easy thing to do, being you know, uh, you know, a father at his age. But 
he's doing a phenomenal job. He can be my dad sometimes. I, hey, he's a he's a guy who Troy Weaver uh, said has has made comparisons to Larry Legend when you talk about Kay Cunningham and his ability to create off the dribble and sink shots just like that and sees the whole floor. He's a general and just one of those guys that you just need a great building block for the future of the organization. So they just, uh, who did they just sign? Uh, they just signed, uh, what's his name? Was it Olenek? They just signed Olenek. Yeah, uh, center? Ke- yeah, Kelly Olenek. Yeah, 37 million. So they got a ton of three-point shooters. They just brought in a center. I mean, you clearly see what they're building, a team full of shooters. And uh, like they, it seems like they have a plan. I mean, yeah. it actually seems like they have a plan. Oh, yeah. The analytics department over there, I mean, they, they really get into the science and where shots need to be taken. Are you talking to, uh, you know, Stefanski when he was general manager? You know, those are the kind of things that he was bringing and talking about. And he's president now, you know, of the organization. So they have a whole, you know, department of that, that analytics like they have in baseball, you know. And, and so – do you get that? Do you get these more athletic players, younger? Hey, they're trying to make a run at this thing. They're trying to build something special. Before the draft, I spoke to six general managers. I made my calls around the league, and I'm kidding. Yeah, it's I, awesome. I, 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 this is the Adam Schefter of NBA. I didn't uh, talk to NBA. anybody. I don't know. I don't know one GM. No, yeah. I, I want to sound like I knew what I was talking about. You know, but. Sources tell Brian. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but we got to sound like we know what we're talking yeah, about, you know. Yeah, yeah. Let's switch gears here to it's NFL training camp here. Oh, yeah. And it's that time of the year. Right? Or optimism runs rampant here in in Detroit, Lions training camp. What are the storylines coming out of training camp? First of all, you know, I think uh, as a Lions fan, or as a former Lions fan, uh, you know, I've divested emotionally, but... uh, you know, man, they go, must have hurt you. Your feelings bad. Man. Oh, over the years. I mean, we've gone through this over and over. But, you know, when we talk about the four phases of the Lions fan, right? I mean, right now we're in phase three. Uh, phase one is um, when we um, – it's, it's the draft championship, right? It's <laughs> after the draft where every Lions fan proclaims that they've won the draft. Okay. All right? And they're celebrating, and, and there is just – Trophies passed all around town of they they got it right this time, you know. Then we walk into mini camp hysteria, right? Where we watch everybody run around with helmets and shorts and say, "Man, they look crisp. They look good. The linemen look big. Quarterbacks ball look sharp." You know, and fans are <laughs> They're having going against mini- air. There's nobody, I mean, just, no threat of being just hit. Right? Looks fantastic. Yeah. Got got great zip on the ball, and it's just it's mini camp hysteria. I mean, really, the fans are just going, just it's it's absolute hysteria. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, a meltdown during minicamp. The hysteria <laughs> comes right now. We're in phase three of the July tra- training camp and preseason hysteria. This is where everybody works up into a frenzy. This is the year we believe. Seventy years later, here we go. You know, we might even get a four and zero preseason. Oh man, we hang a banner. I've seen banners no. hung for four and all preseasons, three and one. one. One year, I believe it was 1988. Yeah. We were three and one in the preseason. We hung a banner. Oh, I don't know if you guys remember that. Cut to the footage and we hung the, <laughs> the preseason banner. Oh, we don't have? Okay, next time. But so we, we go through that. This is where we're at right now. Man, your feelings are hurt. I'm just telling you. I'm, yeah, go, okay, I, go, I, go, I, I watch my sister. Yeah. I watch my sister. I see what she goes through. And yeah. it's that Thanksgiving Day game, right? That's phase it's, four. It's phase four of the Thanksgiving blues. <laughs> Three and eight going into national television. Rumors <laughs> of the coach being fired. Everybody <laughs> going to the game. Just drinking pus before the game, right? Cause it's, What's pus, man? I mean, they're just so like, God dang it. Again, I, I fell get. for this again. Oh, they're drinking that hard liquor. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Like that old like, granddad you know, and E&J. An, it's a nasty game on Hennessy. national television. And then I give up. We're done. That's oh, it. Man. I've had it. It's over. Every Lions fan gives up, and they move on to the next. That's it. They're done. Until we come back around, uh-huh. you know. There's a lot of love there. February comes, you know, we come back to uh, combines, the combines yep, that, yep, draft, you yep, know. Yep. There is a lot of love, and it is unconditional. <laughs> but is this the year? 
Is this the year with Dan Campbell? Absolutely not. Is, is, you can't say that right now. I mean, no, the, no, no, this is not. You have, see, that's what the problem. You guys love so year? hard. I want to love them lying the so hard, man, that you know, you just but lose. But this is the year we turn it around. Any sense and all sense of reality. You have to be realistic as a fan and have realistic expectations. Super Bowl is not going to happen right fan now. Fan is short for fanatic. It, there it's is true. no realistic. But you got to think about Bill. Because I know one thing that will happen here in Detroit. This city here. Yeah, I claim Detroit. Now, I was born down in Indianapolis, but I'm here now. I've been here a lot longer than I was there as far as a place to live and, and the culture here. I'll always be a Hoosier, but Detroit is where I live. And I'll tell you what, if they, if they win that Super Bowl, they haven't seen a party like that nowhere on this planet. So I don't care if New York wins. I don't care if it's L.A. It doesn't matter. Miami, all that. Detroit wins the Super Bowl, man, they're going to have to they, – they may have to bring the Coast Guard over here to calm things down. Let's start with a winning record. <laughs> Let me know we've had one playoff win in, what, 80 years? You, you were getting into it. You one thought, playoff win in you, 80 years, 70 years, Your heart has been years? broken too many times. How many years? Forever. I'm done. I've had it, Jake. I've had it. <laughs> but – I mean, we've had one playoff win. But what are the storylines coming out of camp? Obviously, Dan Campbell is the new coach and has obviously brought a ton of energy Yeah. Um, from his press conferences. Great interviews, huh? Great interviews. Outstanding. You know? I and, love it. And, and, you know, it's funny because when I read the, the stories that are written coming out of camp, they're very similar to the stories that I read coming out of New York's camp. Energy, culture changer, new vibe in the building. Could this be different? Players are more excited. Fresh breath, of, breath of fresh air. It's all the same lines. It's all the same lines, right? <laughs> and and it's uh, you know, same lines you heard with Matt Patricia. Same thing we've been hearing here for sixty years. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> but very. Whenever there's a new regime, I mean, there's been twenty eight head coaches over the last four years. There's been twenty eight head coaching changes in the NFL. Man, they shouldn't have let go of Caldwell. Okay, but we're here now. But that's that's. Tell that's, me that's, about Dan Campbell. Issue. Tell me about Jared Goff. Tell me about where we're headed before Whoa. we bring on the expert. Yeah, I think that uh, this is a we got to see what Jared Goff is. You know, I know that he he has been to the Super Bowl. Um, he's a very talented player, but I, you know, can, can he really you know ignite this fan base and and play up to? the standards that everybody would love for him to play. He has the ability, yes. You know, but you know, executing this, you know, keeping the turnovers to a minimum and truly leading the team. Just say what you want about Matt Stafford, you know, his record and blah blah blah. Those guys love some Matt Stafford you know, in that locker room. Too. He's tough. I, I'm telling you, Matt Stafford was tough. Given, oh yeah. He, you know, he might not have won the big game when it mattered or made the timely Pass when it mattered, but I'm nobody, yeah, no can, nobody can question his toughness. No, you know, he you know was, what? I think he gets a bad rap because he just doesn't talk that much, man. His voice is a little, you know, but that 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 should have nothing to do with the kind of man character that he has and the player that he is. That's why I mean, they're excited as all get out over there at LA with him. With the Rams, it's a great move for him, I think, to get a fresh start. And and but. This is a guy who you, I see, you know, the guys who've left the game still talk about Matt. They still, they, that locker room rallies around Matt. So if, if you have better players maybe around him. Well, I mean, better players make better coaches. Yeah, that's but, absolutely but right. But, but Detroit fans are very passionate. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. They want you to feel their pain. Yes, This is they a blue-collar town. This is a town that's frustrated, that's dying for a winner. When they get a coach up there that's going to talk about biting kneecaps and show emotion and do those kind of things, that excites the fan base. Yeah, it does. That is, instead of the typical coach's bullshit you got from Patricia, the blah, blah, blah answers, you know, thinking he's Billichek. Non-answers. Yeah, yeah, thinking yeah. he's Billichek and he's got six rings and he can walk up there and just talk and blah, 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 and everybody's just going to say, okay, mm -hmm. you know. The fans want you to feel their pain. They want you to feel their frustration. They want you to feel how loyal they've been. This is a blue-collar town, a gritty, you know, motor city. And, you know, this team has to embody the makeup of this town. Tough, it physical, does. run the football, build in the trenches, 
and you're seeing some of that. I mean, yeah. you're seeing you're seeing what they're doing, what they did with the draft. I mean, they went O tackle, D tackle, D tackle. So they started in the trenches. I thought that's where we got to build it. We I know thought, that. I actually thought the trade they made for golf. I thought they fleeced the Rams. I actually, and I, I know Stafford's a top ten quarterback, but you're like you said, golf's been to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they get three first rounders? Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of draft capital. Whew. You know, you got three first rounders. All right. I, and, I love Stafford, but, but man, three. You got three first rounders. You got a quarterback. Oh. That just tells you the guy and, and Sean McVay. Yeah. He knows. He went all in. He went all in. He oh, knows. Yeah. He knows. He's his. Clock Stafford sticking. goes. He goes. His clock's ticking. Just know that. Yeah, he know, and he knows he's got a hell of a defense because Aaron Donald only has so many years. But I'm telling you, he knows oh. this defense that he's got and those contracts that they got. There's only so many more years that they're going to play together. Um, so it'll, uh, he went all in on that. But you're, I thought their draft, they, the, 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 them getting three first-rounders, it was huge yeah. in, in that regard in terms of draft capital. Yeah. But really it's about – culture it's about chemistry it's about everybody buying into the vision of the head coach right it's about them respecting and dan candle was respected around the league he was a head coach for a minute i believe with miami maybe uh, yeah i the, he i know that he was a player interim he was a player interim, yeah interim in, coach yeah he's in the locker room so he understands how how it is to be a pro and what it takes to be a pro he's a tough man a, a guy's guy pros pro and like you said he'll bite you in the kneecaps and I mean, he, he will win the press conference, but this is a polar opposite of what he you had. He will win the press conference. Yeah, with Patricia. You know, he's not going to give you nine answers. He might. You know, he's going to give you some Ditka, Mike Ditka answers. That's what he kind of reminds That's me of. That's what you want, though. You yeah. don't want, I want some fire. Yeah. Speaking oh, of yeah. fire and speaking of real answers, yeah. we're bringing on now somebody who's going to give us a real inside look. All the way inside. All the way inside. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Who's been in, inside a training camp who is highly regarded, is known as the Detroit Lions beat writer, Dave Burkett from the Detroit Free Press. David, how are you? Where are you? There, there he, is. he is. David, how you doing? Can you hear us? David can't hear us, and he's running his water. No. <laughs> he's looking. He's trying to get on. Dave, can you hear us? Technical difficulties. Yeah, his earphone's off. Yeah. Can you hear us? Can you see us? <laughs> no, I don't I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't even think he can see us, to be honest with you. But when you talk about like the culture and people wanting, they want a winner. Yeah, they, they want, want you to feel their pain. Yeah, they want you to get up there, and when you lose, they want you, they want to see you angry, and they want to see you feel the frustration that they felt. You know, there's a there's a lot of people that have that pay a lot of good money to go watch this team. Oh yeah, and that eat, breathe, and sleep the Lions, and they want a winner, I and believe. they want a coach to feel them. Yes, if you can tap into a community's love for you, you know, you have something a little bit extra to play for because most guys come into the pros, you know, they're playing for you know one thing, their family, you know, mostly. But if they can actually play for the the city, because it's hard, you know, sometimes they the pros. Do some hang out together? A lot of times you don't get a lot of that, a lot of the camaraderie. You know they have their camps, but when you talk about teams that are in cities and they all plug in, look at what Boston. You know when you talk about the Patriots, I mean that whole town rallied. You know they they they, they had the same identity as that town. You know, just tough, hard nose. You know we go, we just we don't have all the best talent. But. I mean, you didn't need it. You got Tom Brady. But we're going to find a way. You could've, I could have played the, the X. You could have played the Z. 
Tom, you talking about a six-round draft pick. Yeah, yeah. Tom could have thrust the ball. Who could have ran? I mean, you know, he's got Amendola and yeah. uh, Wes Welker and, uh, you know, all these guys zipping, zip, uh, all these jitterbugs, and he's just thinking and dunking. Boom, Getting boom, rid boom. of that ball, man. Man, it's so good. Like 2.3. It's so good. Do we got him back? Joining us now, uh, I think we're going to try this one more time, is uh, Detroit Lions beat writer Dave Burkett from the Detroit Free Press. Dave, thanks for joining us. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, I can hear you guys now, so so that's a good thing. Well, well, I heard you. We heard you. Run- a good thing. I don't know about you, Brian. So <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Finally, <laughs> finally. Well, you're you know after we make you famous, what's next? Pardon the interruption. Uh, ESPN, because once we're done here and the millions watch you, you're going you're going national. I'm just gonna. Uh, Use my uh, cash in on my name, image, and likeness, and uh, and go retire. That's, that's so. so tell us, Dave, uh, your early uh, take of the Lions camp, and uh, how's it going over there? Yeah, I, I I like it. I mean, I I have positive thoughts so far. I I don't think they're, I still don't think they're going to be a, a very good team. I mean, I, this is not a ten win team that we're looking at, but you know, it's a different vibe around the organization. It's a different vibe in training camp. I mean, the players, the coaches, the support staff, the media, everyone sees it. And, um, you know, I, I think like a lot of sports teams in this town, there's probably going to be a lean year or two, but the, the ship is pointed in the right direction. And, you know, there's, there's some good people aboard right now. They just have to get more to, to make sure they get there. Well, Dave, in the first couple of days of camp, you know, have you seen, you know, everybody wants to know, like, number one, like, how, how's golf doing? And number two, like, the, the rookie, we'll talk about him after this. Yeah, I mean, golf, look, uh, it's a little hard for me to evaluate Jared Goff, I think, or will be this year for everyone, just because he doesn't have a whole lot of guys to throw to, you know? I mean, um, you know, as I watch Jared Goff, my, my first instinct is that, you know, Matthew Stafford was a better quarterback. And, you know, we, we saw more out of the quarterback position um, the last couple of years. Now, that doesn't mean Jared Goff can't be successful, but, you know, we've seen a lot of dinking and dunking so far. Uh, today was the first day of pads. Maybe that changes. I know, like a lot of teams, are going to use that play-action pad the passing game. Um, you know, but, but I think the Lions did – take a step back at the quarterback position. And now it's just about whether they have enough around that quarterback to, uh, you know, have some success on the field. Tell us about, you know, clearly we saw the plan during the draft, right? It was to go to build the trenches, right? They went O-tackle, D-tackle, D-tackle. And I know today's the first day of pads, and so you can't really, you know, tell. Uh, How has uh, Penesol looked? Yeah, uh, like you said, you know, tough to tell. I mean, there's there's one practice here in pads. um, But, you know, I I think his athleticism is obvious. I mean, he can get out and get to the second level on blocks and and lead you in the run game. And and I think that's going to be a a big-time strength for his, especially after he settles in and and gets a little more comfortable. I'm a very athletic guy. Um, You know, uh, he's going to have some growing pains, uh, you know, playing against some really good pass rushers here over the course of the the next, you know, 20 weeks or or whatever it is. Um, And and we've seen that a little bit in in practice today. You know, Romeo Quara beat him on his first rep of one-on-ones. Sewell came back, though, and and won the second rep and and sort of stoned, you know, Romeo on an inside move. So um, there's going to be some up and downs, but um, I do think the, the five that they have, really the top six that they have, including Terrell Crosby, you know, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that by the end of the season, once Sewell settles into his role, uh, that this is one of the you know five or six best lines in the NFL. Oh wow! Wow, and yeah, Penny Sewell. You know, when you talk about one on ones in the NFL, offensive line rarely wins at all, if at all, because the guy's yeah. just so fast. It, it, you know, I mean, you, you're not difficult. gonna block uh, NFL defensive lineman for yeah. three seconds in the NFL. And if you do, then that guy's going to probably not be playing much longer. That's how it is. 
Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of those one-on-ones, uh, you know, the receiver, cornerbacks, just look, we write about them, people love to hear about them because it's that competition that's easy to see, but you guys are absolutely right. Those things are, we all know who they're slanted towards, and uh, it's easy. But, you know, and that's what, going back to the golf thing, right, we watch some of the seven-on-seven, seven, that's another thing that you're throwing passes. Uh, you know, th- those are passes that an NFL quarterback should probably complete, you know, 95% of the time. And when we see some misses, uh, some interceptions. I mean, some of the, those are the things that we, we scratch our head at a little bit. And I, again, I will say Jared Goff and his uh, receivers are getting used to each other and the line is getting used to each other. So, you know, we're a week into training camp here. It's hard to make any, you know, big time judgments about what we've seen so far. How, how does the D line look? Because I mean, y- you don't need quarters if you can if you can rush the if you can rush the quarterback. You just don't need corners. Every corner is average if a quarterback has time in the NFL. <laughs> and the whole idea is to get pressure with the front four. Yeah, Jonah Jackson. Yeah, I mean, how how, how do they look? Yeah, uh, you know, I I think that's uh, that's another area where I, I don't know that the, the pass rush. Um, look, Romeo Okwara had a good year last year, ten sacks. You know, he's he's a, he's a pretty solid pass rusher. I don't know that they have a lot of depth at that pass rushing position. I like what I've seen out of Jeff Okuda in the back end so far. The one guy who did stand out today to me and a lot of people was their third-round draft pick, Aline McNeil. Um, mm. You know, nose tackle, so he's not going to be a big-time pass rusher, but he's a powerful man. He's got some pretty quick feet. And, uh, you know, I, I came away from today's practice just saying, I wrote about this a little bit on Freep.com, was that, you know, he might end up being the, the steal of the draft from the Lions' perspective because he's probably going to be a week one starter and play a big-time role for them this fall. Wow. Is he the? Is that the NC State? Yeah. Wow. Big, Ran a big five guy, flat. 330 pounds. Yeah, he can move a little bit. You know, he's, he's got a low center of gravity. I mean, there was one – he took on a double team today, and I don't. I don't think they moved him. You know, at, at some point, and it was Ragnall and somebody else. And then, oh wow! That's a pretty whoa, good center Ragnall too. Got, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, ooh, that's a, that's he got a top stuff. five center. No, no, Ragnall has. I mean, Ragnall's a really good player, and yeah, and yeah of course. Has his hands full with Ragnall, and he's learning that. But there was just one run, and I, I, I want to say it was Ragnall. I looked up on the board to try to see Ragnall and maybe Vitai, and I, it just didn't look from my my standpoint that that he was moving much. McNeil, that is, was was giving up much ground, you know, and so. Um, it's just little things like that where he's not consistent with it yet, but you see some of these flashes and you're like, that guy's going to be a really good run defender when it's all said and done. Oh, yeah. yeah That's I mean, powerful. Anytime you get a guy in, the, in the, that big in the middle that can plug holes and push the pocket, and I mean, you know, push it a year, you have, I mean, you're, you're, you're in another league in the NFL if you can do that. I mean, that's what really what it comes down to. That's what makes the co- the quarterbacks most uncomfortable. That push in that, the middle. Yeah, that center push, and they can't step up in the pocket. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So, what have you um, dealing with? You know, being in the media and dealing with at these press conferences. Tell us the difference between you know your questioning and and the back and forth between uh, Patricia and Dan Campbell. Yeah, you know. Um... I don't know that there's much difference from our end. I mean, obviously, right now, year one, you know, day one, really, of a new regime versus the way things were at the end of last season when it was obvious change was going to be made. It's it's certainly, you know, different. But, look, the biggest difference is just that, you know, Dan Campbell is – I mean, he's he's passionate, he's lively, he's energetic, he's honest about some of these things. You know, he's he's entertaining. You know, he's he's got a story every day that, you know, you can just see some of that – that emotion dripping off him, and I think you like you know, fans respond to that. Yeah, you heard, you heard some <laughs> yeah, of that. I saw today, Starbucks. Right? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. You know, so it, it's just—I mean, it's little things where you know, you know, he, he starts talking about some of these things, and it sort of gets you fired up to listen to him talk about football. I but, guess a little bit, but and, and that's mean, good to, to have in Detroit. The, I mean, they say that you know a lot of the good coaches—they're they're great storytellers. The ones that want—you know—you're dealing with a bunch of multi-millionaires. Uh, you know, they're—you—you got to motivate them, and and some of the greatest coaches are just great storytellers, able to grab a room. You know, I, it's funny. I was talking to my mom today, right? And she was like, uh, you know, I, I told her, you know, she asked me something similar. And, and she was like, well, well, how is he as a coach? And I was like, well, you know, he's not going to be calling the plays. He doesn't do X's and O's, you know, but I, I think he's probably going to be a good coach. She was like, what do you mean? You know, didn't quite understand. Like, the coach doesn't call the plays. So I had to explain to her a little bit. Hi, mom, offense, defense, coordinators, what they do. But really, you're right. In the NFL, I mean, 
look, the, the biggest thing they have to do is manage the locker room and manage the egos and get players to buy into not only them, but, but the staff and to want to play for them and the staff when, when there are a million reasons not to sometimes, especially when things are going you know, wrong. And so I think that's one thing that Dan Campbell has going for him is, is the way that he can connect with, with players in that locker room. Yeah, no, his ability, because he, he was a player, right? I mean, that's, that's the thing. He understands the psyche of a player because he is one, you know, and it's yeah. unique. It's difficult, I think, for a lot of guys that are just, just career coaches. I mean, a lot of coaches that played the game, but some of them played it a long, long, long time ago. So to be able to relate and adapt uh, to today's players uh, is a skill set that is very valuable. Yeah, no, and uh, that's, I mean, go ahead. I'm sorry, David. No, you're right. I was just going to say the, the one story, I mean, just to that point, Jason, was, you know, when he was talking about, you know, Austin Bryant coming off, off the pup list today and how important it is for him just to get out there, just to, you know, mentally get the, the injury sort of get past that. Because as Dan said, you know, he had 13, you know, surgeries. And when you're sitting there working out with the trainer and you're rehabbing, you're doing this, the, you know, you don't have something else in front of you. You know, you don't have a, a coaching tip that you're working on or a player that you have to defeat. So that injury is sort of always lingering in the back of your mind. And I just thought the way that he explained it from having had to deal with so many surgeries himself made a ton of sense. And, and, and why, you know, he, the reason why he could relate to some of these players coming back and how he treats them coming back from injuries the way that he does. Mm. That's it. Are you going down to uh, uh, Calvin's induction? I will be there this weekend. Um, I'm going to go down for a couple of days. I don't know ultimately if I'm going to be there Sunday or not, just because uh, we get very, very little access on Sunday, no real access on Sunday. But um, there's a couple of events here in the next couple of days that, uh, you know, I'm going to go down there and, and take part in. T- tell us your feelings about that. You know, I mean, they've interviewed and Kelvin in so many words, uh, you know, was dodged the question, didn't really want to talk about was he going to thank the organization itself? And obviously you could tell. No, still, he said he, he's, they're, he, not, they're not being mentioned. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> he okay, was pretty well, clear said, with that. He said they're not being yeah. mentioned. And, yeah. and we all know what it stems from. And what is your take on that? Do you, um, you, know, do you think that the Lions should give him that money back? I mean, do you, what, what, what is the, the overall perception of that? I absolutely 100% do think they should give him the money back. I mean, look, I, I covered Kelvin for the vast majority of his career. Um, you know, I did the presentation to the selection committee when we voted on him and his candidacy back in January. You know, I've um, I've written a ton about him. Look, the way life is in the NFL, the way things work in the NFL is that, you know, teams generally allow players to keep, you know, their, their signing bonuses when they retire. I mean, barring, you know, a player getting arrested or, or somehow forfeiting his, his bonus, you know, the, especially if you're a superstar, that's just the way that, that teams treat you. Marshawn Lynch, Andrew Luck. I mean, we can go on and on naming players. And so, you know, the Alliance, for whatever reason, it's never been clearly explained to me. I think it relates back to Barry Sanders, you know, 20 years ago when the Lions did the same thing to him. They decided they wanted to come after Calvin's money. And look, if we're being honest, you know, neither party really needs it. I mean, you know, the Lions are a $2 billion organization and, you know, Kelvin's got, you know, 75 million in the bank or whatever he has, but it's a principal thing. And, and when you see other organizations treat their players one way, and then you tell Kelvin one thing and you come after his money and you make him cut a check the day that he retires to you. Um, I understand why he's frustrated and guys, I've said this before too. I, I, you know, I, there's a couple things that I know about where things stand that I just haven't reported yet. So I don't want to get too deep into the weeds there, but um, I do think there's an opportunity for these sides to come together still, uh, but it's going to take the Lions bending more than they have so far. Have you asked the Lions about this? Are they going to pay oh, yeah. the bank? Well, look, uh, you know, I don't know all the, the legalese, right? When they, when they made them pay back that money, they, they use it as a cap charge the next year so. I don't know that it's as simple as cutting him a check for $1.6 million, but trust me when I say the Lions are willing to give him some money back in, in you know, various forms. Um, but, you know, they they obviously need something from him too. They just, the parties are, are not to the point they need to be to make things work. They got to pay them some money back. I mean, they, I mean that's the bottom it. line. Of yeah, it. <laughs> it's just the bottom line. I mean, the man, you know, Andrew he, he, he not only risked his body, he hurt yeah. his body 
You know, he gave up a lot of functionality, pain as a man now with his children uh, to, to play for the Detroit Lions and make everyone proud and to be one of the best that ever played the game. First ballot Hall of Famers, man. That's, not, that's just not a anybody type of person. And I know the game is ruthless. I know, you know, it's what have you done for me lately, NFL, not for long. But Calvin Johnson, you, you treat him just like you treat Tony Romo, like you talked about a minute ago, Marshawn Andrew Lynch, Luck. Andrew Luck, all those guys. Like, look, look, look at what, you know, and, um, uh, in, in, in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers just restructured his contract. And in that, he made a provision saying, don't mess with my bonus money because this is the kind of behavior that some organizations choose to go down, you know, and, and right. Aaron Rodgers is concerned. Think about that. He's reigning NFL MVP. And they don't want to talk to the guy. Oh, he this is great. Off that, that's the crazy part of, of the league. Aaron Rodgers that, listed off 10 players that they did wrong Green Bay. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you look at Detroit. I mean, you look in how many Hall of Famers do you have, right? I mean, there's a there's handful. There's not many, right? I mean, a guy's going in there wearing your jersey. The, the, Especially the, modern era. The PR. Yeah. The, First the, time since Barry in the modern era. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he's you know he's going to be clearing, uh, carrying your 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 jersey. I mean, your flagpole. I forever. Mean, forever. And for, mean, what do you see when you see a Lions jersey? What what is it? It's an eighty one. I also think future veterans, right? Wanting future players wanting to come here. Yeah. You know, they see the way they treated a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, that's going to make them think twice. Yeah, and you know, I, I will make this point on this, and this is part of the reason why I do think there's room for, you know, a, a reunion here is, you know, Calvin and, and Sheila Fordhamp, I, I, you know, my understanding, they had a little dinner and, you know, they've, they've talked about, you know, some of these, these issues and, you know, Sheila's a different owner than her father was and her mother was and the Barry stuff happened under her father's watch, you know, again, 20 plus years ago and, and, you know, I get that there were maybe some bitterness about the way that he left. Kelvin left the right way. You know, he, the day after the season, he told them he was gone. You know, he knew he came back and played another year when he wasn't going he, he, to. Yep. And right. I, maybe the Lions, maybe if we give the organization a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here, um, Rod Wood, new to being president, you know, Martha Firestone Ford, new to being owner at the time, they just followed what happened, you know, 15 years earlier and decided that if we did it to Barry, we have to do it to Kelvin. Again, I've, I've asked why. I've mm. never gotten a real clear no. explanation. But I do think there was some sort of newness to the situation, whereas Sheila right now, you look at the way they handled Matthew Stafford's trade requ request, uh, some of the other things that, that she has done. I, I, I tend to believe that the organization is sort of going in a different direction and maybe, maybe situations like this in the future won't have to end the same way. We got another Kool-Aid guy. <laughs> He's drinking go. the Kool-Aid. We're going to win the Super Bowl well, in three years, Brian. Uh, not saying that. Definitely not saying Did that. Did you just say but they're going to win I, a Super Bowl? I you I just said, said it. This year? Did I say this year? No. Uh, <laughs> no, listen, again, I, I, I've, I, you know, people have asked me this before, right? Well, the Lions win one in five years. What, I will never – Super Bowls are hard to win, right? Yeah. And so yeah, I, I just oh, don't yeah. – I'll never go out on a limb and predict that. I just, but uh, I, I just – the point – of the organization is that, you know, I think we have to give Sheila a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here because she's, she, her and Kelvin did meet to try to mend fences. It hasn't happened yet. Some of the other things that the organization has done under her watch in the last 12 months would give me hope that maybe situations like this might be different in the future. Oh, Sheila. You know, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I actually, I thought they, I like they got, that. they got the Rams. They fleeced them on that deal. I've, I've thought three first round draft picks. That's a ton of draft capital. And I know Matt Stafford's a top 10 quarterback, but you know, golf was in the Super Bowl, and he can still play and he's young. And, uh, I, you know, I actually, I thought they, I, I, Dan Campbell, I thought was a good hire. Um, what do I know? You know, we've been down this road before. Hey. They've they've got good people in the organization, but those good people still need to get good people. Otherwise, it's all for naught. I mean, that's the bottom line of it, right? You got to get a got to get the right quarterback. You know, you got to get the right people around them, and that's the only way you're going to have success. No, in the NFL, no matter coach. who your coach is, so. you, need, you need the quarterback. But no head yep. coach that's gotten fired in Detroit has ever gone on to be another head coach. You know that, right? Oh, absolutely. How about free press? <laughs> beat, how about free press Too beat well. writer? Free press beat writer. Yeah, I think. I mean that's what he, that's what he that's his business. That's what he does. Where do Lions free press beat writers go after this? After the Lions beat, 
See the the guy that had the, <laughs> the job before me is a, yeah, as a columnist for NHL.com, and the one that had it before him is Kurt Sylvester, legendary writer, legendary, who's mm-hmm. who's loving life as a retired uh, retired man in the area. So Did, I can only hope to be as successful as them once my time. Ha, has he still gone to every Super Bowl? Was he one of the that's, guys? That, that's Jerry Green. Oh, Her- that's Jerry Green. Jerry Green. That's from right. the news. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, right. Old time, awesome. you know, at the news. And, yeah, Jerry went this past year, I do believe. So I think his streak is still alive. Well, wow. Th- David, pleasure having you. Thank you so much for joining us. Maybe next time we'll get you a couple weeks into camp so we can get uh, some some deep inside information on the O-line, some blocking schemes, and you can really, you know, do some X's and O's for us and <laughs> dig deep here. Yeah, uh, trying to scare you. <laughs> I'm sure I'll be teaching you guys a lot. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> explain when that reach block is that, uh, that Sewell's trying to yeah, so. But no, it's a pleasure, guys. We'll do thank, it again Dave, thanks for so. having for us. Sure. Dave Burkett from the you Free Press. Thank you so much, Dave. Take care. Thanks yeah, a lot. Thanks. He's a good guy. Yeah, he is a good dude. Dave's a good dude. Dave is uh you know, it's you know, you wonder when you're uh, you cover the Lions, you know, you know, do you become cynical? Is there cynicism? Do you <laughs> is it just a job? Are you cheering? Are you doing the things? He cannot cheer, Brian. You can't cheer at all. No, no. You ever been in the press row in the uh, press you box? Oh yeah, you can't say a word. Can't say a word. Like you know, I know guys that you know are are in there and they they're at their alma mater, and their alma mater is like doing something great and. But you have this face <laughs> because they can't cheer. Yeah, 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 because they can't cheer. That's right. <laughs> they go in the bathroom. They're like, yes, and did, they come back out. Do we have that footage from the Lions practice of uh, the up-downs? The up-downs, that new drill that I, we haven't seen since ninth grade. <laughs> right there it is, right yeah, there. there's Coach in the black. Got to give Coach credit. Look at him. He's not, oh, man, he's not getting past 45 degrees, though, he's man. He's still, I, though. Look at him. You got to give him credit. Look at that. He's got that. Is that a hammy? Oh, uh, that that's nine degrees. No, he's got a right knee brace on. <laughs> got to give him credit. Oh. He's in good shape, Coach. Whew. I haven't yeah. seen up-downs since ninth, ninth grade, 10th grade. Did we do them in college? We actually did, because but you were on the bike. My back. Yeah. Your no, back. It was always his back. I had a bad back. Man. Yeah, that, a bad back. He got out, of, got out of everything. Were you guys doing up-downs? Yeah, when we got in trouble. They, that's, yeah, they still do. <laughs> Were they in trouble over there? Yeah, it was usually trouble. You know, somebody <laughs> was late or somebody did something wrong. So he's like, I'll make the whole team pay. And didn't he find somebody 50 bucks for missing the uh, interception? $50, yes. $50. He fined a guy for missing an interception, but he paid it for him. And said, so now you owe me two. Did all their, I mean, their, like those things are, that's cool stuff, man, like for a coach. Okay, that is cool. It F- is. Yeah, 50000 another, we're fighting. <laughs> but 50 bucks, you got it, no problem. We'll laugh, we'll He paid it himself. He, did. <laughs> he didn't even make the guy pay. It's all, let's see, what, see yeah. playing mind game. I mean, that, that's how you do it. I mean, yeah. You build camaraderie, you build trust, you build, I got your back. Yep. I got your back. This is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it. And, I mean, players notice that. They buy into that. They feed off of that. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. Have you ever had a coach that cool? That's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Not, Nick Saban. <laughs> Nick would talk about finding people. <laughs> or Nick wanted to find said, you in college. Yeah, he did. But I, I remember the time when he, you know, he was just fresh out of the league. It was his first year at Michigan State, and he, he – uh, was like talking about a guy on an opposite team that he wanted out of the game, you know, and he's like, if this, you know, was the NFL, I'd have $500 bills on my forehead for the first guy who took him out. But this isn't the NFL. So forget I said that, yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I remember that. It was I, awesome. I, I, I absolutely remember that. <laughs> Is every Lions coach vaccinated? Oh, they're requiring all the coaches vaccinated. Yes. Oh, so there's been two coaches so far that have... Uh, resigned, yeah. Resigned or fired or resigned. Dennison, one was with Minnesota, refusing the vaccine. Yep. And uh, the other one was with New England, I believe, whom he, uh, he's either fired or reassigned. Okay. I wasn't exactly sure. I thought they were both gone. They might, both of those guys. They might, they might both be gone. It's a, it's a serious, it's serious business, man. They might both be gone. So they're requiring the coaches to get vaccinated. Do you think they should require the players to get vaccinated? I mean, that's where, <laughs> it's where it's going to go, or the player's going to cost the team. not the, the question team. I'm asking you. They're going to require. Should they make listen. it a rule? <laughs> oh, man. Hey, now, the president of the United States 
isn't doing what the NFL does. That that's you can't mandate or be gone. That that is rough. That's rough right there. That is rough. You know, I mean, I'm, I, 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 I know I'm people a, are on both sides of that that fight right there, man. That that one's and that, everybody's that, passionate. Everybody's I just think we just need to be more educated. Everybody needs to be more educated on it. But you know, I think mandating it is difficult, right? Very Forcing difficult. To do, but I also think as a teammate, you have an obligation to your teammates. Uh, where that you know, because if you go into protocol or there's a couple others that get into get in contact with you, they're in protocol. And now you're hurting the team. Yeah. And so I think you know there's a delicate balance there, right? Of making sure we're not hurting the team yet. Um, HIPAA protecting people's uh, players' rights, and so I mean I know the coaches. If you're not vaccinated, I mean NFL they don't mess around. I mean you're getting vaccinated or you're gone as a coach. Period. Period. Yeah. It's it's that simple. But you know the players. That's a that's a very interesting because you know players police themselves. I mean the, the leaders police themselves. Exactly. And so you're seeing most of the teams. I believe 90% of the the teams are vaccinated. Uh, Washington, I believe the Redskins might have been the only one that was had a lower number. And I know uh, Coach Rivera expressed his frustration. Yeah. But mandating players should they be vaccinated? Right. I mean, that's a very interesting question. You you, you said it best when you said players teams manage themselves. So when you have a guy on the team who's saying he's not doing it, I'm telling you, this is not the first time it's come up. You know, he's had the talk. From lots of guys, guys that are close to him, family members. It, it's this is a when it gets to that level, and then you know to say you better do it. You know it's it's tough. It's really tough because I mean they mean they they have to feel passionate about it. It's just not a, a lack of education. Was it Beasley, who would I see refused and was very vocal about it with uh, Buffalo, I believe. Uh, one of well, the Taylor players. Decker was here. Taylor, yeah, then he got vaccinated. Oh, he sure did. See that they manage themselves because the that team, didn't come from I a mean, team, it, it, and, and it is right. You you don't want to force it, but yet you don't want you to hurt your teammates. And Absolutely, if you get three, four starters set out of a game, uh, or a team has to forfeit a game. You know that you're going to have a lot of pissed off teammates. It becomes a business decision yeah, for a lot of people. It does become a business decision. So yeah. it's a very very. I know it's a touchy subject. I know it's something that uh, you know players have talked about. But you're right. At the end of the day, it's players policing themselves. Yeah. And. But the NFL, for all Tier 1 employees, they all have to be vaccinated or they're gone. That's right. So, anyway, number two in the books. It's been fun. Number two is in the books. Already? That's it. We're here. Number two is in the books. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for our second episode in Inside the Locker Room. This is Brian Mosalem along with my co-host, Jason Strayhorn. Thank you, everybody. Good night and go green. Good night. God bless.